Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of On Grace, sitting across the desk from the Axel Rose and Slash of Broadway United Methodist Church. This is the one where I'm going to step in immediately and say, I will not, I will not be identified with Slash. Oh, my goodness. I cannot oh, wow. stand his guitar technique. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just saying straight up. Triggered. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> what, wait, I don't even know what that means. Like, What do you mean? <laughs> I can't stand Santana's guitar technique. There are people who attack their guitar. You do not do that with a musical instrument. <laughs> you, what do you do? It's your friend. It's your friend. Yeah. You treat it with respect. And, <sighs> and th- their music is... Uh, Silent. Yes, yeah. yes, it's violent and it's it's uh, um, offensive. This is a, the first Whoa. time in close to like a hundred episodes <laughs> where Wendell interjects and says, "I will not be that." No, I will not. And you want to be that, and but I, I, I don't well, want to be of, either one. Of all the things that you could have said, I will not be that. <laughs> this is really interesting. It's where he draws a line right here. So you don't like Guns N' Roses? Can't stand them. Can't stand them. Wayne, no. do you like Guns N' Roses? I do not. I, I have no idea whether I do or not. <laughs> okay. So, that so, whole thing, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, that whole era of rock and roll, to me, is embarrassing. Now, I'm, I'm not a fan of the ones that scream. So I'm not. Yeah. Which I find most of them to have. P- good guitar players on. were Jeff Beck. And Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page and Stevie Ray Vaughan, those were good guitar players. These other guys, are, are they can shred, they can play fast, they're technically good, but there is no artistry in them. They're just... Stevie Ray Vaughan could play two notes and make me want to cry, just pierce my <laughs> heart. And, and uh, Slash could play a whole series of notes, and I'm like, when will he be finished? Please and would, finish. And you would never cry. Just cry out of distress. Oh Utter distress. Break your heart. Sweet child of mine. Oh, no. November, November rain. No. A sweet child of mine was a freaking guitar exercise he did and turned into a song. And I've, I was as a guitar teacher, I was forced to learn it because I had to teach it to my students, and I hated every minute of it. I got to tell you, I've, I don't think I've ever seen Wendell this worked up. <laughs> He's a little passionate. I, did, uh, I have yeah. played rock and roll yeah. since I was... 14 or 15 and I'm pushing 64 so this is my bread and butter this is what I do well and I feel like I so should I'm, apologize I'm to very uh, yes no. you should keep, keep pushing keep pushing I think you should push harder Paradise City no they're all they're all wannabe songs welcome, they're not welcome to the jungle they're all wannabe songs all right listen to listen to George Harrison's guitar solo on something on the song something that is guitar playing. Every note comes from his heart of hearts, not out of his fingers. Wow. <laughs> That's deep. That's just telling you <laughs> the way it is. Thanks for listening to this episode <laughs> of On Guitars. You should have y- never pushed them that the button. Give Wendell's email address. <laughs> have you can send your hate mail. <laughs> That's right. I'll take every bit of it. Or your uh, I would thoughts. love I would love to discuss this with anybody who wants to. Or your thoughts on George Harrison, Harrison. to 
W. Van Valen. <laughs> that's one L. <laughs> at BroadwayUnited.org. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that was uh, that was the best I got. So. <laughs> now you're a Van Valen. Do you like Van Halen? No. No. Nope. Don't like what? Van Halen. I tell you. Nope. No, he used to sit on the front row at Jeff Beck concerts and say, there's no way one man can do that on the guitar. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I have discovered a new guy. He plays a right-handed guitar upside down. His name is Eric Gales. And, wow, he's from uh, Memphis, I think, maybe. Or was he from? Yeah, I think he's from Memphis. Man, the dude can play. Yeah. He's had a long series of uh, drug addiction. He's not, he's been clean for maybe three years, and he's phenomenal. He, he just I love him. So anyway, does he play Memphis style or no? He he. It's hard to describe. Yeah, he can play classical music on a Fender Stratocaster like you wouldn't believe, and then it just morphs into the blues, and then he, then it morphs into Led Zeppelin, then it morphs into it, yeah, and it's just seamless. Yeah. It's, and then when he's tired of doing that, he puts his guitar down and, and jumps his drummer off the drums and sits down and plays as well as his drummer played. And his drummer is good. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy is a musician. Sweet. Anyway, okay. we've right. taken way too much time <laughs> with music. Should we get down to the business of things? I'm afraid to say anything. <laughs> don't don't push the don't guitar. Don't poke front. the bear. <laughs> don't poke don't poke the bear with a guitar. Something whatever. Right. Uh, kind of what we want to talk about this week is uh, on a serious note. Is um, when you read the story in scripture, and I try to be as concise as I can. When you read the story in Scripture, you hey, start You're going to be concise about Scripture. But <laughs> right, right, right. No, I'll wax elegant I'll, about I'll guitar wax players. elephants about guitar players, but no, I'm going to be concise here. Um, when you read the story, you have this great big God, humongous, intimidating God at first, who speaks a word and the universe appears. Boom. Any old thing he wants to do, boom, it just appears by his word. And he's this, this huge God. As... As you move through Scripture, he's I'm, like I'm giving the real cliff notes on this one. As, if, as you move through Scripture, he appears to get smaller and smaller after the garden incident, after the falling, not the falling out, but the, the fragmentation with Adam and Eve eating the dangerous fruit, and that didn't work. I'm going to show up and be with you every day. It They couldn't handle it. It didn't work. So then the story begins, and it seems like God either, I don't know, compromises, I don't know if that's a good word to use, but he, but he picks, he, almost like he picks pieces off of himself and surrenders them up as he moves along. So you you got this great big God who's the creator of all and the manager of all, and he says, well, I'm going to focus on this one little nation, and they're completely insignificant. Mm-hmm. They're just... You know Abraham's just nobody knew him, right? And he and he says I'm gonna make promises to you, and and uh, so it's like he he compromises himself. He he sacrifices part of himself. Really, back at creation, he stepped into time and space, which he had not had right. those limitations. Yeah. So God gets small, 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 and of course it culminates in uh, now he finds himself in a womb of a teenager, mm-hmm. and and. Uh, 
so this is a trend that just keeps going. And when he's born and he gets into his ministry, I mean, I'm wearing the placard Messiah. You you can par that parlay that into something pretty cool if you want. Yeah. But instead, he hangs out with hookers and tax collectors. I mean, he he just gives it up. It's like I don't go to the temple and show this off by turning people into toads, which I could if I wanted to. Yeah. I I could uh, cast Rome off of our neck. Boom. Send them all home. But instead, what I'm going to do is hang out with people who of low reputation. And then and then we've mentioned this before. At the Last Supper, he calls everybody out. You're going to deny. You're going to betray. You're going to scatter. You're going to this and that. But instead of saying, okay, now watch what I can do with this. I'll lord it over you. He gets down on the floor and says, give me your foot. I want to wash your foot. Mm-hmm. So this whole this whole trend of God kind of in a sense fragmenting himself or getting smaller you would think we'd lose interest and walk away and, and say okay you're not much of a god but instead in our hearts he becomes more solid and he becomes bigger yeah and more profound and more like whoa yeah. and you know I think that there's this the sense in which um, he he understands that what we need is not a God big enough to fix us, but a God who is near enough to love us and yeah. to know us. Yeah. The, yeah. the world offers a lot of other kinds of gods who who have power or offer power, the, the illusion uh, of power. Yeah. Uh, and... and he doesn't want to be known as a God of power. He wants to be known as a God of love yeah. and relationship. And, and what more profound steps could he have taken down through the story than what he took? Yeah. I mean, he, t- he they're deliberate steps. Right. He doesn't slide into that role. They're deliberate steps that he takes. And he, and he doesn't have to scream them. They're just so profound that they speak for themselves yeah it's like yeah. whoa when he picks the people of israel he it says that they were the least of nations yeah that they were weak there's he says you know there's nothing in there that tells us anything about abraham and why he would choose him right what did he have about him that was special uh in that story and, but once he makes that choice he is committed to that and he sticks with it wherever it takes him and uh and he kind of binds himself or bonds himself to this very small and weak uh, people and then to and Jesus to even the weakest of those weak people yeah and he and I you know the idea being that uh, that's who he wants to be and how he wants to be known uh, it, yeah he doesn't go and and minister to the homeless he becomes homeless yeah you right. know he, yeah. he it's not like I'm going to come and visit you and sprinkle some God dust on you. Right. It's like, no, I'm just going to come and be one of you. Yeah. Which is enormous. Yeah. Right. And I think it, it kind of, you know, this whole idea of, of God, you know, if you read the New Testament, there's nowhere in there that says that God is power, but it says God is love and God is light and God is truth, those things. Um, and it just seems counter. Uh, productive or counterintuitive 
to think that, that that's not what he's after because most often we see people who have the opportunity to express power, expressing power, uh, whereas he has the opportunity and the ability to, and yet he uses that power to become smaller and to become closer and nearer rather than to distance himself from those who are not like him. And, and I mean, JV is a little bit younger than us. We're, we're in our 60s. A little bit. <laughs> we're in our 60s. And when you and I'm not saying that younger people don't get this, but at, at our age, you've tried a lot of the other things. You've tried the power. You've tried the technique. You've tried the method. You've tried the accumulation. You've tried, you know, degrees. you tried all kind of stuff by the time you're our age. When it comes right down to it, the most powerful force in life is love period right yeah when we talk period. about power right yeah and I, so it as he becomes powerless he actually becomes much more powerful right yeah we generally think of power as something being expressed in dominance rather than in servanthood or sacrifice or or love or companionship well and well yeah there you go. what you say a lot is just presence yeah that God says, yeah, I'm going to come and be with right. you. And we've kind of talked all along that that's at the heart of what grace is, is presence, yes. willingness to be present and be involved in, with someone yes. connected to to them. What are you thinking, JB? I'm thinking about the paradox of how God gets smaller and yet somehow more powerful. And I think Wayne hit upon something there with, you know, how do, you, how do you define power? Is it this, you know, big earth-moving thing? Or is it is it something smaller than that? And, you know, one of the things that we frequently ask the students is, uh, you know, after they read passage of Scripture or a story in Scripture, the question is, um, does, does God still act that way today? Mm. You know, so like after we see Jesus heal a blind man or cast out a demon, we'll say something like, does does God still do that today? Mm. And um, it's, it's typically a pretty great conversation because, I mean, I don't, I don't know about y'all. I've, I've never seen, you know, anyone healed by a touch, and I've never seen a, a demon cast out of somebody. Um, but there has still been very real healing and very right. real transformation. Mm. Mm. Right. And although, we, you know, we don't have the rest of the story, you know, of those folks that were healed in scripture, but there's no question that there's been life change and yeah. life turnaround yeah. and um, thinking about this idea of influences ver influence versus power and how power is expressed in love and nearness. Yeah. Mm. And, and I guess if we think about it, which is more powerful, the ability to, physically heal a disease or to transform a heart hmm. make a new person and he's still very much in that uh, mode or business or practice the, I, I can't there may be but I can't think of any other power in the universe that can change a person from feeling worthless to feeling worthy from feeling useless to feeling useful it's it you know to invest love in somebody is is what is the power that transforms one into the other yeah. 
because somebody can work their whole life and accomplish all kind of stuff and still feel worthless and useless. But when somebody comes in and says, I genuinely love you, and they live that love, they live that right. grace with them, then the, then the transformation takes place yeah. where it was impossible every other way. Thanks for being a part of this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen, who is not a Guns N' Roses fan. We served together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs>